Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Who here is like me? You don't change because you're so stubborn until life forces you to change. Anyone like that? You're like, I'm not going to change. And then till life somehow forces you. And then you're like, I change, I change. Okay. So usually life change tends to happen when we hit rock bottom. Okay. I don't usually meet people on their best day. Okay. It's not your best day. And you're like, where's Mastin? Okay. People meet me at a low point. Now, hopefully you're meeting me at a lower, at a higher low point than you used to have, which is awesome. Okay. But there might be a transition that you want to make. You might be ready to kind of redo your life since COVID. You may have gone through a breakup. You might be starting a business or things might be ending or there might be grief or there just might be confusion about what's next. But if you're at a transition point, you are in the right place. Okay. Now, if you're here though, you probably don't have like super low lows anymore. I My lowest low was like cocaine addiction. When I in my early 20s, it was my highest high <laughs> and then it was my lowest low. Okay. And I do not recommend it. Okay. But most of us have given up on what I call low level coping. So most of us maybe are sober. We're not doing alcohol. We kind of got the addiction thing. We have an awareness of it, but maybe we're not super active in addiction anymore. If we are, it's not as bad as it used to be. You know, drugs, sexual hurt, high fructose corn syrup, inflammatory foods. Usually people meet me and they've kind of worked on some of this stuff. Okay. And Here's the thing though, okay? You don't do, you don't mess with no low level. You're not no low level person. You don't do no low level coping, no. Without a flexible nervous system though, we get our high level coping on and we think we fancy, okay? (laughs) So here's some examples of high level coping, okay? Quantified self apps. How good is my sleep, right? What's going on? What, What time is the sunset? How many hours of sleep am I getting? What is my blood sugar levels? What is my whatever levels? Yoga, yoga apparel, okay? Uh, Cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectic behavioral therapy, EFT, both types, emotional freedom technique and uh, emotionally focused therapies. Top-down approaches like cognitive behavioral therapy, mindset work, okay? Um, Dismissing our nervous system, not feeling safe to move forward, okay? Yo, no kale, no kale. I love kale. No kale is going to do your trauma work for you. It's not. Okay. Digestive enzymes are not going to live your purpose for you. They're not. Okay. Um, changing your mindset. If your body's not on board, it's like you're just keeping yourself busy. Better than doing heroin. Okay. I would much rather you be coping with a green juice and a soul cycle class. Okay. Than heroin and I don't know, like some low level coping thing situation. Okay. But what we have to realize is these things are not bad, but until we do the work to understand what's happening underneath, it's still coping. Who follows? Does this make sense? It's just high level versus low level. So high level coping is like a pressure cooker. Okay. What does that mean? It means 
that we have all this stress, we have all this anxiety, we have all this stuff built up, and we do our breath work and we do our and we get our cold baths. And oh my God, it was just Lion's Gate. And what does that mean? And let me pull a card. I do all this stuff, by the way. Just I'm telling on myself, just so you know. Okay. It's still not the trauma work. It's not the nervous system work. Okay. No angel card will get you out of a toxic relationship. You have to make a choice. Okay. Right. It's just like training. Okay. This we teach emotional fitness here. It's like training. Training is so very important. And a pressure cooker, what happens? Well, it builds up this pressure. You open it. Pressure is released, but then you close the top and more pressure builds up. Okay. The work that we do unplugs it. That's the work that we do. Does that make sense? Who follows? Does this make sense? I just want to make sure that this is, I'm tracking. Okay. So the old top down approach, which is head, it's, it's, it's mental health, it's brain worship, it's mindset. Okay. Isn't bad. It needs an upgrade. Okay. We want to have what's called a bottom up approach. The top selling book on trauma is not called the brain keeps the score. It is not called your mind keeps the score. It is not even called your soul keeps the score. What's it called? Your what? Your body keeps the score. I love books when like you just, the title is all you need. (laughs) Body keeps the score. Got it. Thank you. Next, right? The body keeps the score. We need bottom-up approaches. We need to build a more flexible nervous system. And the old message was, You have to self-regulate or we'll medicate or pathologize you or label you, right? If you can't take care of yourself, you have a diagnosis, okay? If you can't take care of yourself and regulate your nervous system and your emotions, you have a limiting belief or you're lazy, right? And there's a label and that's not what we want, okay? The old model also focuses on doing it yourself, okay? If you're here, the likelihood, this might be the first time I'm calling somebody out and it's okay if, if I got you, okay? Don't feel attacked. You're in a safe place, okay? If you're here, there's like a 50% chance that you're a lone wolf. And what that means is you do it alone. You come on things like this and yeah, I see you. I see you, Maria. Thank you for owning it, okay? You come on these things. You're like learning all this stuff. You're like, okay, I got it. Bye, peace out. Later. Why? Because no one's been able to help you in the past. It's been hard to help you. You had to help everybody. You're overburdened by it. You haven't met someone who can call you on your BS. I've been the lonest of the wolves, right? But I'm, this is my wolf pack. I saw Hangover and I was like, I'm making a wolf pack and it's called Life Purpose Academy, okay? And the old model focuses on doing it by yourself. And we are social creatures, y'all. For all the avoidance, I know it's really scary. And or not even scary, it's like offensive. I don't need anybody else, Mastin. That's codependency. No, codependency is when you can't regulate without somebody else, okay? But we are social creatures, Okay. And in the old model, we use self-care as avoidance. So instead of having the tough conversation with somebody, what do we do? We do our namaste. Instead of addressing an issue in the relationship, what do we do? We go to a class, okay? Instead of uh, setting a boundary, what do we do? We drink more green juice or we take more theracumin, curcumin, whatever it is. We reduce our inflammation, right? And Self-care is not bad, but self-care is not designed to avoid the work. Self-care is the work and should have healthy boundaries, okay? A classic phrase from the old model is, change your thoughts, change your life. Now, is this true? If I change my thoughts, will my life change? Yes. But until you change the bottom-up body, your thoughts ain't changing. And I'm going to give you a real practical example, okay? Who here has ever been hungover? I'm going to be honest. Okay. Thank you. Ron's being honest. Okay. Thank you, Ron. 
Me too. Okay. Now imagine you're super hungover. You went to bed at two o'clock in the morning. You're all stuffed with a bunch of food and stuff like that. Right. And I come in your room at four o'clock in the morning and I open the shades. I turn on the lights. I go, come on, let's go for a run. Right. You probably would give me the middle finger. Right. And say, get out of here. Okay. You wouldn't be happy with me. And what if I was like, well, just change your thoughts, change your life, <laughs> change your thinking. Right. You got to get the body on board. Okay. It's you can't improve brain health without improving body health. Okay. When the nervous system is more flexible and more flow and more regulated, brain improves. Okay. And here's the other thing your diagnosis is not your identity, it's the label that's used for insurance purposes. Okay. I have this book here. This is my favorite thing to carry around. This here, this here thing, the DSM five. This is called the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual of Mental Health Disorders, Volume Five. Open it to any page. And what do you have? We got diagnostic criteria, comorbidity right here. Every page has this little wording right here. Diagnostic criteria. And that is for conduct disorder, a repetitive and persistent pattern of behavior in which the basic rights of others or major age-appropriate societal norms or rules are violated and manifested by the presence of at least three of the following 15 criteria. And there's like 15 things. Now, I am not a psychiatrist, okay? But here's the deal. Okay. I can read and I think you can too. Okay. And so it's important to understand that this thing, this thing is published by the American Psychiatric Association for the primary purpose of a practitioner being able to use the diagnosis in insurance to get paid. Now, there are practitioners who will use the diagnosis for other purposes. Those are holistic practitioners, but the original purpose of the DSM and the diagnosis is for financial benefit. Now, my industry, coaching industry, is not regulated. The good news is we're not regulated, so I don't, I'm not motivated by what the insurance companies want. The bad news is, is we're not regulated, so you have to be careful who you work with, right? You got to find that trust first, okay? But the original purpose of a diagnosis is for insurance purposes only. But what we do is we take it on as an identity, as a, as a, as a, as a culture, okay? So in the old model, we name the symptoms. Here's our diagnostic criteria, okay? And then we blame the name. So we name the symptoms and we blame the names. Okay, you have complex PTSD, or in my case, I have ADHD, three types of ADHD and dyslexic. I'm definitely neurodivergent, okay? And then we say, well, I can't because of my PTSD. And, it, and even like, it's like, people, I can't, oh my God, I just, I'm just so OCD about that, right? We just say these things and we say it real blase as if we can't change when really it shouldn't be a disorder. It should be a response to what we've been through, post-traumatic stress response, Tension deficit response, obsessive compulsive response makes a lot more sense to me than disorders because what happens to us, our biography becomes our biology and that manifests as symptoms that we then get labeled as. And yes, medication can be helpful, but there's all kinds of studies that are starting to come out to show that, well, maybe this chemical imbalance thing isn't what we thought it was, right? And no, I take Adderall XR every day for the rest of my life because of my traumatic brain injuries. People like Mastin's anti-med. I am not anti-med. But Adderall is not going to do my purpose or trauma work for me. It's not going to set boundaries. It's not going to speak up in relationships. It's not going to put myself out there. It can help my brain be a little bit better. But I think of my prescription medication as prescription supplementation. Just like when you're working out, you supplement with branched-chain amino acids or maybe protein powders, okay? But they, you still got to do your reps, okay? Who follows? This makes sense? Okay, so we don't want to name the symptoms and blame the name for why we can't change. We want to just say, like, look, 
this is a response to something that I've been through. And my intention is to create more nervous system flexibility. And practitioners, y'all, are not bad. But who started to see that we needed the upgrade? We needed to see it differently. Okay. And I think the most ironic thing for me in general is that the term mental health completely leaves out the body, right? It's called mental health. It's the wrong part of our system in the first place, okay? It's not just mental health. It's body health, okay? So everything in your system is a disorder, excuse me, a response, not a disorder. So I want you to start to understand and see everything, procrastination, perfectionism, overwhelm, um, putting yourself last, okay, not speaking up. Okay, lone wolfing it. Okay, all those things, your diagnoses, consider that they are responses to what you've been through and they make sense based on what you've been through. Okay, there's nothing wrong with you. You are perfectly made. You are perfectly made. There's nothing wrong with you. And you're having a response to something that you've been through. And until we understand that, we're just trying to mask a root cause, and we're symptom managing things, and it's not working. And for me, I think of it as PTSD versus PTSR or ADHD versus ADHR, okay? And here's the other part that's important to understand, okay? The response is a protective response that's designed to keep you safe. So when someone calls it a limiting belief, no, nobody has limiting beliefs. You have beliefs that help keep you safe based on the shit you've seen, Okay. You have responses to things based on your history that stop you, right? But it's not a limiting belief. It's not a disorder. These are responses to experiences that we've had. And at one time, the quote, limiting belief was actually true. And we have to understand we got to bring those parts on board, okay? So usually what happens right about now is that people start to feel a little bit less shame about their life and what they've been through. Because they're realizing that this has been a response that's been keeping me safe up until now. And I think it'd be a good idea to pat yourself on the back. And maybe in the chat or in the comments, you could just type in, it's just a response. My procrastination is just a response. My overwhelm is just a response. My diagnosis is just a response. Okay. And yes, there can be lots of ways in which we are able to address those responses, but we need to see it in a different way. Okay. Nervous system inflexibility limits our options. And that is why you repeat history. Okay. When your nervous system is inflexible, that is why you do the same shit over and 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 over again. It's not because you're bad. It's not because something's wrong with you. It's because you have an inflexible nervous system. So if you want to stop repeating the past and create a new future, this is the work we got to be doing. Nervous system flexibility gives you more uh, options. That should be options. I'm dyslexic. Okay. Don't make fun of neurodivergence. Okay. Nervous system flexibility gives you more options so that when something happens that's outside of your control, you can respond differently. And the truth is, you can be, do, or have anything, anything once your system feels safe enough. Once your system feels safe enough, that's when you can unleash your unlimited potential. Once your system feels safe enough, that's when you can manifest. And that's an important thing to start to understand. Okay. So, my question for you is what are your unrealized hopes? dreams, projects, goals, aspirations, and intentions. Think about the stuff you've given up on. Who here has stuff you've given up on? Anybody? I know a lot of people give up on stuff, certainly during COVID and the lockdown, okay? Let's be real for a second, okay? What's on your vision board? What's on your vision board? What are you 99.99% done with, but you haven't done yet? The 99.99% readiers. Right, I'm ready to get ready to plan to ready to be ready to get ready. 
on my vision board to be ready, but I'm not quite ready because there's this one thing that's kind of vague. I'm not sure what it is they got to do to get started. People, I know you who you are, okay? I believe that you don't have those things because your system hasn't felt safe. That's it. And you haven't had a skill set for how to get your system to be safe having those things. So all we got to do is help you have a new skill set and create new safety in the body and everything can start to shift and change. So my question for you is, what have you been dreaming about but haven't manifested yet? And let's be real. Put it in the chat. Put it in the comments. What have you been dreaming about? What have you been wanting to create in your life financially, romantically, spiritually, uh, in your business, professionally, maybe in your health and well-being? Okay. What have you been dreaming about but you haven't manifested yet? Let us know. Okay. And let's ask a really honest question. Okay. Have you been stuck in high-level coping? Have you been stuck in high-level coping? I've been trying to do all this other fancy shit except the work. And maybe it's because I didn't know that I had to do nervous system work, okay? But if you've been stuck in high-level coping, then today is a great day for you because we're going to go to the next level. So let's ask another question, some self-check. How flexible or inflexible is your nervous system right now? Okay, especially based on the lockdown and everything, has what you've been able to do expanded or been limited? Okay, and how safe do you feel to expand into your dreams and purpose right now? Right? Some of you are looking at me like, I liked everything till right now. Okay, and this is the real talk. You want to know why you're stuck. This is why. How safe do you feel? Okay. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.